The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey, Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group. Helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. And if you have a financial question for Bruce or Peg, you can call 24-7, 1-888-6-ADVICE. You can also email your question to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. And during the show, you can call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Hi, Peg. Uh, hi, Denny Long. Good to be with you. Yeah, and good morning to you both, uh, you and uh, Peg. Good morning, Danny. It's nice to see you. And Bruce, we missed you as well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, you know, in, in, in our long run of doing this, I think it's been very, very, very few times that I missed two weeks in a row. But uh, uh, circumstances were such that uh, that's the way it turned out on my calendar. And, and you know, I find when something like that happens, I do miss being here. I, I still like doing this. It's still enjoy. People ask me a lot, you know, how long are you going to do it? And I'm usually, my answer is, as long as, as long as people will still let me, I still like to do it and have fun doing it. And, of course, it's always good to be with uh, with Danny. Hey, Peg. Have you actually hit 25 years yet? Danny, I think this is the 25th year. I I bet you're right. I was thinking yesterday, as when I was asked to do the show the other day, I thought, has it been that long? And I think you're right. It yeah, started in January of 97. So if somebody else wants to count that math back in their head, I think this is our 25th year is. this year. Yeah. And well, we were, and we were, we were all. We were all child prodigies at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, do you remember when I said after it was 12 years, I said to you, oh, the show's lasting longer than Seinfeld. And so I, just, I was amazed by that. And now here it is, 25 years. So, yeah, congratulations on that. Well, to, to all of us. And, and again, thanks. Uh, always good to be with Danny Long. Um, so, Peg, the, the topic today is we're going to talk about risk, and it's totally apropos. We can't not talk about the markets, and I know you guys were talking about it in my absence, and it's been a topic because it's been on, on a downward spiral, and, and people are starting to get nervous. And i got to tell you, I'm so proud of my clients because, you know, we've now hit what they call bear market. I think the technical definition of a bear market is down 20% or more. And most of the indices that we look at are there. So we're, you know, so if people are going to get nervous, I don't blame them. Um, when it's this, when the when the retraction is this much and it's lasted this long, it's basically been this entire calendar year. But I still, I'm pleasantly surprised. I've had very, very, very few nervous phone calls, and the few I've had, 
I, I'm sympathetic. I understand. And we're probably going to get more, especially if this week is is bad also. But, you know, again, the, the message, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of segue into our topic, the message is we know that these markets are going to happen from time to time. I, I always say to my clients, the only thing that surprises me about a down market is that everybody seems surprised by a down market. If you look at history, we know they are going to happen, and we can't let ourselves, or we have to try not to let ourselves get too worried about it. And then that segues into today we're going to talk about risk. Well, when people think of risk, obviously most people, they think of risk of principle, the the potential loss of their money. But as we will talk about today, we look at risk probably a little bit differently than many of our listeners and our clients. Yeah, it's interesting. My comment on the markets would be uh, because we do reviews almost every single day and we're meeting with clients, a lot of videos still, which is great. I mean, clients are fine with that. They just want to touch base with us. And it's interesting, Bruce, because January of 2021 is when the Dow was at this 31,200. And at that time, I just have to reflect back, there was a couple clients that actually sold out of the market with a pretty substantial percentage at that time, not um, by my direction by any means, but they just felt like the market had grown so tremendously. And it's hard for us to even look back a year or two years. Uh, and, And so we're back to January of 2021's values. And I ask clients when they come in for their reviews, um, how did you think you felt in January of 2021? And they said, I was elated. I mean, I had so much more money than I had before. And then after 2021, um, we started to see a downward trend in 2022. But I remind them in the reviews how happy they were when they talked to me in January of 2021. So we tend to really s- sit in the moment of time and And so I just wanted to mention that because I think people can reflect back and say how happy they were. That's a great point. I'm glad I'm glad you did bring that up, because the way I think of it also, which is we're kind of going down the same road as you, I think. And again, we're going to get to talking about risk, but I think people have been forever changed by the market crash of 2008. And just to remind listeners, and again, there's a lot of different indices that people might look at, but the one I have memorized is the Dow in the fall of 2007, like October of 2007, I think was trading a little over 14,000. And like you said, Peg, today that's 31,000. But because of the market retraction by the spring of 2009, it was trading at a little bit over 6,500. So think of that. In 2009, when people were understandably nervous, the Dow was at 6,500. Today it's at you know thir- some 31,000. And the retraction that we've had this year, I, 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 again, the few nervous clients I've had, Literally all of them have been in the market since 2009, and I'm quick to point out, you didn't lose money. You just lost some of what you've made, you know, the last dozen years. You are still way in the black. This is, you know, it's not like you're losing principal. So um, 
I, maybe that's part of the reason coaching clients up or, or getting them to understand uh, not to worry about things that they can't control. I don't know, but for whatever reason, my clients have been really good, and I'm, I really appreciate that they haven't gotten too nervous yet. But when they do or if they do, I'm not insensitive to that. This, is, this has been you know, a pretty, pretty severe pullback, and it might not be over yet. So let's let's fast forward now, and so markets going down, money at risk, and again, people thinking of risk, I think, generally as risk of principle. Let's get into it a little bit, though, and talk about how we look at risk. Yeah, and, and one of the first things I'd say is, uh, as we're meeting with clients, you know, some of the questions we ask them is what their capacity to accept risk is. And I'm talking more so about investment risk. So I like that you brought up 2009, 2008, 2009, because um, you think about family history and everybody can identify to maybe somebody that lost a lot in in really bad downtime and maybe they weren't prepared. And then just pure personality. You know, some people are very risk adverse and some people are, oh, I want to make, you know, make the most I can. And then another, um, you know, factor about risk is lifestyle. You know, what, what is your lifestyle? I mean, do you spend every penny you make? Are you a big saver? And then age has a lot to do with it. Bruce, I, I can actually say I'm personally, as I get older, I tend to think, oh, you know, maybe I should get a little bit more conservative. And then I catch myself and say, oh, but I'm going to live, right? My family history, um, um, longevity-wise, is quite long, you know, late 80s, 90s. So I, can't, I have to catch myself. Oh, don't get too conservative too soon. But then also, I feel like the reason people are not calling, and I, I would agree, I have not gotten one call. And the reason is, is because, Risk is really just falling short of your goals. So if you truly know what you want and what you're trying to achieve and you're not fixating on keeping your portfolio stable every single day of your life and knowing that if you're willing to take an amount of risk, that you're probably historically going to be rewarded long term. And so I think the reason that Wealth Enhancement Group does get as many calls is because we have to we find out what's important to people and what are your goals. And trying to then, um, this is probably the brightest statement that we make, do not take more risk than you have to to achieve your goals and and get the life that you want. Bruce? Peg, I love that. And again, you've heard me say this before too. It's it's a it's very similar to what you just said. It means the same thing. I think so often investors or people that do this themselves, or even other people in our industry, when when you ask them what their goal is on an investment portfolio, they might answer words to the effect that we want to get the best return that we can. And you'll never hear a wealth enhancement advisor say that. Our answer is always going to be, we want to get the rate of return that our client needs to achieve their goals and objectives, their, whatever that means. That's different for everybody. We're all snowflakes. So to get you where you want to be, when you want to be there, with the least amount of risk possible, that our answer is always something like that. 
And again, back to why our clients not calling. When we do forecasting to see what kind of aggregate return they're going to need over the years to get to where they want to be, the number that we assume over the last several years in a row, we've way surpassed that number. And we knew there would be a retraction like we're having right now out there somewhere. That's why we assume an aggregate return of whatever, 5%, 6%. We don't assume 10% or 20% every year because we know that's not realistic. So our clients can look at that forecast and, and say, my, my average return per year, even with this pullback, is still way higher than the assumption. So I'm still on pace to achieve or exceed the goals that we set. And then maybe you're right. Maybe that's why they're not nervous. But those that do get nervous, Peg, I'm still convinced. You know, you talked about family history and personality and lifestyle and age, and I think those things all come into play. But I still think a lot of people are forever more nervous now than they would have otherwise been because they haven't forgotten 2008. So maybe even have to add, you know, personal experiences or, or history in there, Peg. Well, and I also think that, um, and we talk about a lot on the show, but I don't see it in the mainstream media of how important comprehensive planning is. Yes, we have great money management, but we lead with comprehensive planning because you know what that does? It actually makes long-term clients over decades of time. And so there's all sorts of clients at Wealth Enhancer Group. They're not the same. No two are alike, but there's different kinds of wealth that people think of, you know, so when we're talking about comprehensive wealth, what um, in planning, you know, we want to try to understand, you know, a lot of these clients have worked so hard, they've saved all their life. And I also have said many times on this show, you know, they bring in all their documents or they talk to me about video about their life and where they're at. And you could just tell there's just hard years and work into getting where they are. And then, Bruce, what they do is they kind of pass the baton to us. They say, okay, can you, can you create a paycheck for the rest of my life? And by the way, you know, get a reasonable rate of return, take care of my family. And they go on and on and on. And they're just looking for self-sustaining wealth. They just want to help with somebody who understands all the ins and outs of creating a paycheck and what the markets do and building an asset allocation. Um, Others just want to get to the point and they want to have the ability just to enjoy what they've accumulated and they want to figure out how can we spend more in the first 10 years. And, and once again, just thinking about it from a different angle uh, is information we want to know. And then there's many clients who want to, to get as much wealth as they can pass to the next generation. Well, that takes a different kind of a viewpoint when we're um, planning. And then lastly, there's many clients that say, you know what? My kids have made it. They're doing great. I'd actually like to give my money to all sorts of charities. And that's what we define as community wealth. So, all these different scenarios drive different emotions when the markets are the way they are and how much risk they're willing to take. And, you know, a lot of people just want to know from us, will we be okay? You know, and then we've got the real sophisticated people that feel like they know the markets and 
and they understand numbers and I, I kind of relate to them as, and I call the engineer groups, right? They just dig into the numbers and that kind of thing, but they still come to wealth enhancement group because of our comprehensive planning and our great money management, because they want to know what are they missing? They know that if they look at it in isolation, you know, they understand risk, but they'd like, you know, um, specialists to look at it and say, am I missing anything in my own personal comprehensive plan? And then lastly, Bruce, when it comes to risk, I think uh, when it comes to couples, you know, one may have just a dramatic amount of capacity for risk and the other one doesn't. And, you know, they realize that they both may not stay on this earth at the exact same time. One may leave. And so they want to make sure with the comprehensive plan that it's a, um, a team effort and that everybody understands, but one may be more adept to kind of follow along. And it, unfortunately, if one is left uh, and they don't understand it quite as well, they know that they have a team of comprehensive planners and specialists on the round table that can take care of them. So that's kind of a, a way of just identifying like what, how do we think and what kind of wealth people have and their some of their goals are really basic, Bruce, in that, you know, this is what I want my money to do for me. And then we back into, well, how much risk does that take to try to, you know, um, get to those goals and what's important to the client? Yeah, you know what, Peg? You know, it's so often risk to me when I look at the, the world outside of Wealth Enhancement Group it's just not clearly defined. It's it's very um, nebulous. I used to I used to joke that you know we're supposed to grade our our clients' risk tolerance on a scale of one to ten. Well, I don't know how a seven differs from an eight or a six. I mean, it's just it's arbitrary. So we try to give more teeth to it, and we talk about returns or risk required. In other words, I, I people people think I'm being flip, uh, flippant, but I'm not. If someone says um, you know, do you know your client's risk tolerance? I say, I don't care because their risk tolerance that they tell me might not be consistent with the reality and it might not be consistent with the risk that's required to get the return that they need to get them when, when they, where they want to be, when they want to be there. So in other words, to, 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 to achieve their stated goals and objectives, we might have to go outside of what they say is a comfortable risk level. But you know what? More often than not, we actually can take less risk than they tell us they're willing to take to achieve those goals and objectives, and that usually comes as a pleasant surprise. So, Peg, in, in, in the couple minutes we have left before we have to go to a break, maybe it would make some sense. Um, I know we coach clients on this, but let's remind our listeners, too. I think a lot of people get shook up by risk or get shook up by a downturn in the market like right now because they try to worry about things that they can't control, which is wasted energy because you can't control it. Um, so let's talk maybe a little bit about things that people can control versus things that they can't control. Well, you can control, you know, how much money you're spending to a degree, and you can control, um, you know, uh, creating a financial plan. You can create. You can control um, educating your family about what you need to do to what I call kind of the uh, recipe of success. So it doesn't take a lot 
to be able to um, walk through those concepts. But I think our industry still kind of sells people on rates of return. And this is the best money manager. And this is, and to me, when you think about rate of return and what the markets do, if you, if you basically endorse a rate of return and, and a client is fixated on that return, then you're really living and dying by what the market does. Well, that isn't going to get that family, you know, uh, the success that they need long term. And I, when I think about success, Bruce, it's not success in the rate of return. It's the success in the confidence that they have that they can meet their goals and objectives. So as you enter retirement or you're building towards a retirement, you know, you're in your 40s and you're thinking, am I saving enough? It's all about emotional calmness that you have a plan versus now I think, Bruce, the people that are worried are the people that don't really know what this means to them, short-term, long-term, medium-term, when we go through a correction like this. Bruce? Yeah, um, maybe, Danny, let's do this. I know we're coming up uh, to the end of our our first segment. Um, If there's anything in the second half that Peg and I want to clean up in terms of uh, risk and and, uh, and the discussion of risk, we can do that. But maybe uh, to to the extent that we can, we'll talk about what listeners want to talk about, and we'll take their calls and texts and let them uh, control most of the second half of the show. Sounds very good. Let's uh, let's do that. And a couple of numbers and a text uh, number as well. Uh, now, keep in mind, you can always uh, call one eight eight six advice if you think of a financial question. Let's say midweek, twenty four seven. It's available to you one eight 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 six advice. And you can always email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement dot com. But during the show, if you would like to call in or for that matter send a text, it is one number to remember. That's 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. Again, yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com is the email question. But call us, 651-461-9226. We'll be back. This program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL, Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group, helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. If you have a financial question for Pega Bruce, you can call this number 24-7-1888-6 Advice. You can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. During the show, however, you can call or text our studio line, same number, 651 461 9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Thank you, Denny Long, Peg, uh, and listeners. If you're just joining Peg and I and Denny, uh, first half of the show, we talked about risk and risk tolerance. We talked about uh, the skittishness of the markets this year and that we're uh, officially in a bear market and how that can impact us, and and uh, and that's obviously when people think about risk, 
They often think about risk of principal or loss of money. But we expanded on that definition. We talk about risk being the risk of not achieving your dreams and your goals and your objectives. Um, you know, the, the, the short-term risk of principal that someone might take to get a long-term rate of return to be able to retire when they want with the lifestyle that they want and not ever run out of money, um, that, that to us is a lot more important and says a lot more about the overall risk than just uh, the short-term reduction of, of your principal. We talked a little bit about things that you can control with regard to your risk and your risk tolerance. You can control whether or not you do planning and stick to the plan and whether you do asset allocation and whether you, uh, whether you communicate. And, and, uh, and those are all things that yeah, I think if you do those things, Peg talked at length uh, wonderfully, eloquently about how planning and if you know you're on track, then when there is uh, moments like we're going through right now in a, in a reduction in market values, you tend not to get too nervous about it because you built that in your plan. You knew it was going to happen at some point in time, and you can check and still see if you're still on track or on the path of where you want to be. And, Peg, we talked a little bit, but then uh, we started to run out of time. How often we coach clients, so we talked about things that we can control, and those are things that we should focus on, and we talked about how people get, I think, get themselves into trouble worrying about things they can't control. You always talk about the phone call and the client says, the market's down. And it's like you're, well, I, I know the market's down. Did you think I didn't know that? You had to call and tell me. Um, so talk a little bit about these things that people can't control that they sometimes worry about that they shouldn't worry about because they can't control it anyway. Yeah, and if anybody knows me and listens to this show often, they know that I'm not a big fan of things that we can't control. But we have to educate ourselves about what these are, and they are reality. But number one, I think I mentioned it a little bit in the first half, is longevity. How long are we going to live? And on one hand, you could say, well, yeah, we can kind of control that because we can exercise, we can eat right, we can moderate our alcohol, we can not smoke. We, um, but some things happen to people where they just have good genes. They've got a great family history. And these are things in the financial plan that we have to actually consider life expectancy. But today, unlike when I first started in the business, we're running these projections to 90 or 100 years old. When I first started in business, and this is really aging me, but we used to run the financial plans to 72 years old. Uh, so we have to try to project how long you're going to live. Inflation, man, is this a big topic today. And yeah, I lived through the 70s and the 80s when inflation was running rampant. Man, real familiar with how that felt. Uh, didn't have the money that I have today to be impacted uh, like people are. But inflation is something we can't control. And I think with the pandemic, too, we're, we're, it's really heightened because I don't know about you guys out there, but I'm still feeling this supply chain. Um, as a lot of the listeners, Bruce, know that I'm a shopper, and so I'm out there, and I want my things right away, right? I'm not really good at waiting. <laughs> I like that instant gratification. Then there's the market returns, which 
all of us have celebrated, as Bruce said in the beginning of the show, we were as low as 6,500 on the Dow. And I mean, it hit the all-time high with something like 36,000, almost 600. And what a huge run we've had over a decade or more of time. But still, we look at our statements. I don't want to give any of it back either. I mean, I look at it and go, wow. And you, you might say that's what's brought on a lot of confidence in spending. And now we're witnessing, you know, the, the targets of the world, the Costco's, the Walmarts. All of a sudden, their stock is going way down because they're starting to see a trend, you know, because gas is so high. And so we, we can't control these market um, returns. We actually can't control um, what the whole world is going to spend in money, which helps us, you know, with the markets. And then there's taxes that we really can't control. Although I see now, Bruce, you know, with what's going on today, I know there was some tax reform talked about, and we're already sunsetting in January 1st of 2026 with the old Trump change. And so we um, we know that's going to change uh, if nothing's done ahead of time. But I think where, where the good news is, is that I think these lower taxes are going to stay in place because to tackle that, given what we're in economically today and the rise in inflation and, and the pinching of, of the consumer today, I think we might be safe for a couple of years, which just brings me up to, uh, again, I'm going to repeat that we um, are doing lots of Roth conversions now. So if you've got dollars that you would love to get out of that tax-deferred bucket that you have this big IOU to the IRS, you may want to consider, uh, given the tax rates we have today and the, the markets, that you might want to take some of your taxable IRA and get it into the Roth, even though you have to pay some taxes early to do it, you may thank yourself down the road because then the growth when the market does come back, and I said when, I don't know exactly when, but it will, and then that growth uh, in your Roth will be growing tax-free versus continuing to be uh, in the tax-deferred status. Bruce? Yeah, um, that I think that's a really good summation, Peg, uh, the things that people can't control. And, and, you know, we're going to keep repeating that and reminding because it's, it's human nature. When the market goes down, you, you're, some people are going to worry about it. And, again, the, worrying isn't going to help. You can't control that. So, again, refocus on what you can control, your asset allocation, should you rebalance, what's your time horizon, have, have your goals and objectives changed in any way, have, have, have there been any life-changing events. If you focus on those things that you have some control over, I just think you worry less and stress less and, and don't waste time and energy worrying about things that you can't do anything about anyway. Um, Peg, is there anything else from today's topic on risk or the markets right now? Any other key takeaways you have for listeners? Otherwise, Denny, hopefully we got calls and or texts, and we'll let listeners uh, drive the show. Peg, anything else? Well, the only point I would make is if you're losing sleep and if you have anxiety about the markets, then um, getting help. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I hire people for things that I don't feel like I have confidence in. It does not hurt to go interview somebody that may um, help you and bring up some topics or points or, uh, you know, the emotions are what drive you to make bad decisions. 
And to be risk adverse and not do anything, I think this is the best time frame, Bruce, in our economic cycle that inflation will, you know, hurt you more than the stock market in one 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 point of time. So if we do have inflation of 8%, 10%, uh, and you're, you know, quite conservative and you're sitting at zero in the bank or 2% or something like that, you're literally earning negative six on your money at this point. So I think people today uh, are getting a better view of what does inflation really mean? Because I don't think we've had it that is so impactful to us as we have today for a very long time, Bruce. No, it has been a long time. Uh, you and I and Denny are all, uh, I'm sorry, Peg, are old enough to remember when it was bad before, but a lot of our listeners might not even have ever uh, lived through something like this before. But again, put everything in perspective, man. I remember my first mortgage for my first house, it was a 9% loan, and I thought that was a great deal. So we're nowhere near that yet, but yeah, you're right. And you know, when, when uh, it's four bucks or more a gallon at the pump, it starts to negatively impact everybody's lives, and I'm, I'm certainly not uh, insensitive to that. The other thing, Peg, I'm glad you brought up that if people are nervous, you know, call someone, get some help. Um, you and I both use other professionals for things that we don't feel like we have expertise in, yet there's some people that will never use a financial advisor, and, and I just don't understand that. And I know they can look at you and I or listen to this show and say that we can't be objective. We're financial advisors. And, and, and you know, I, I understand that argument, but why did we get in this business? I mean, there, you and I both have something in our personalities and core values that we want to help people. And, yeah, yes, there can be good financial rewards, but that's only part of it. We, we love what we do. We feel we add value. We feel we help people. And, again, our clients feel the same way when we look at uh, client surveys and are they happy in client retention and so forth. So uh, we've talked about it a lot on the show that, that you know a good advisor can add value. So, yes, I like what Peg said. If you're out there and you're feeling nervous or you're feeling scared or if you feel unsure that you're on the track that you want to be on, um, absolutely. Well, it, and I'm not even saying just call Wealth Enhancement Group, but just look for an advisor. Do some interviews. You've got nothing to lose. Usually those meetings, you know, they're not going to cost you anything to, to kick the tires and, and find out a little bit. And, and uh, I, just, I just think it's, if you're struggling, it's well worth your time. Um, Danny, I, if you've got uh, texts yeah. or calls, that'd be great. Otherwise, I wrote down some email questions from the last week, but let's uh, let's address listeners what's on their mind. Yes, indeed. You can call or text our studio line right now, whichever is easier for you, 651-461-9226. And uh, bouncing off what Bruce uh, just said, our very first text this morning, and I'll just read it. It says, I'm new to Wealth Enhancement, working with a great person and excited to be on board. So that's always fun to see and to read. Nice. Yes. Uh, and the uh, next question is, what is your opinion of a person in their 70s buying bonds? Is it a good idea? Peg is our resident bond expert. Peg, you want to lead the discussion on this one? Yeah, it's kind of interesting, uh, Bruce and Denny, in that the bond market is actually down, meaning the value of the bonds that you may personally hold in your portfolio today uh, along with the stock market being down. 
It's interesting because we have actually been in a long uh, declining interest rate environment. And I mean a long time. And I could go back probably four decades. We have just been in a low interest declining market. So the question is, are bonds a good purchase for a 70-year-old? Absolutely. I, um, I I believe that bonds belong in everyone's portfolio. And what a bond is, simply and there's all different kinds, Uh, the company or the municipality or the treasury department, they're willing to give you a rate of interest for a certain length of time. And because the holders of these bonds today, the corporate bonds, the municipal bonds, the treasury bonds, you all own them today, just like I do. And let's say that our bonds are paying 2% today, Well, now that you can get 3%, your bonds valuation are being discounted, the value of your bonds, because if you think about it, someone else, if they came to buy your 2% bond, they're not going to want that 2% and pay face value for it. They want you to discount your face value to equal what they could get today Um, on a 3% bond. So there's a lot of confusion on bonds because once again, we've been in this declining interest rate environment. But today, I believe for people who like fixed income and they like security, and once again, we have clients that most of our clients own a portion of those, um, it's time to buy some if you have extra cash because if you think about it, treasury bonds, even a two-year treasury was something like 0.70, not even a percent. And today, they're 2.5%. So what a dramatic difference in a very short period of time. And that's part of why the markets are kind of rocky. And if you think about it, um, bonds are just a good thing to have in your portfolio because they, do, they, they, um, they don't correlate to the stock market identically. Usually when bonds are down, stocks are up, or stocks are down, bonds are up, you know, that kind of thing. So answer is, Bruce, yes. I don't care if you're 70. I don't care if you're 80. I don't care if you're 40. People should have some uh, bonds in their portfolio. Yeah, just really quick. It's the, I, I like them as a diversifier and uh, a risk reducer, an income producer. And the older you get, again, yeah, the shorter your time horizon becomes, probably uh, the more conservative you want to be and the more bonds you want to have. Um, so, yeah, but I want to also point out that doesn't mean you don't have any stock and you put all your all of your money in bonds or bonds in cash. Even in your 70s, you probably still want some stock exposure for what you would call your long-term money. And you might say, I'm in my 70s. I don't have any long-term money. Well, yes, you do. You might live to be age 100, and so some of that money is still going to be long-term money. But, Peg, I want to go back to something that you said earlier in the show. You talked about uh, Roth conversion, and, and I actually got a question from a, a client of mine, and it's a question I've, I've gotten before, that when you do the Roth conversion, the question is, can you take the proceeds from the conversion to pay the tax, or do you have to pay that tax with money for, from someplace else? You actually have a choice. So you can, let's say you want to do a $20,000 conversion. So that 20000 is in a tax-deferred IRA, 
and you want to move that 20,000 to a Roth, you can actually on the application of the movement to the Roth, say that you want federal and state withholding uh, directly from there. Now, I usually discourage people from doing that if they have the wherewithal to pay for the taxes somewhere else, because um, it it just kind of reduces the pizzazz of getting it over into the tax-free. So I like to have 100% of that IRA that's taxable move um, to the Roth. Bruce? No, and, and but if they didn't have the cash, then they they can just have it withheld. And, and I, I agree with you. Uh, yep, I almost never do it that way, but, but I never say never. There might be circumstances for some people where that's absolutely appropriate. Danny? Yes, we have another text. Uh, here's one that says, longtime listener, great program. This is in regards to Social Security survivor benefits. My wife recently passed away. She was collecting Social Security. I plan on working two to four more years. My Social Security payments will be larger. I understand you only receive the highest of the two, not any combination of the two, which increases my payment. Uh, Question is, is it worth looking into survivor benefits in my case? Uh, By the way, uh, canceled her uh, Social Security payments, also put in for the one-time $250 death benefit. Mm. Peg, I'm, I, I think I know, but um, do you want to you want to go first or? Well, uh, I'm just going to talk from experience. So, if there is a couple and the one dies, and then the it's the stepping up to the higher Social Security of the two. The question is: Is there some other kind of benefit that you can investigate that might be higher? So I don't know of any other survivor benefit, there, but there's circumstances out there that might be uh, depending on, there's so much to Social Security. So generally speaking, if you're a couple, it's the higher of the two. Uh, do we get questions about, is that the most I can get? Absolutely, because there's things like um, uh, a person dying way long ago and then you were on you know, that person's uh, spousal death benefit uh, instead of their own. And so, but generally it's the higher of the two. Bruce? Yeah, the, the texter kind of answered their own question in the yeah. question um, because, yeah, the, it's, it's the higher number. And, and, and if your retirement benefit is higher than the sur- survivor benefit, that's what you get. And I, and I also knew there was uh, upon a death, and I, I'm sorry for the texter's loss, I also knew that on a death there was a one-time payment of some um, you know, amount. I didn't know it was $250, but that sounds right. And the other thing that can come into play, and it sounds like that's not the case here, but if it's a younger couple and a young death and there's still minor children, there can be Social Security benefits to those minor children. But in, in this case, it sounds like they're past that point, and it's an either-or do I take you know her survivor benefit or my retirement benefit? My retirement benefit is bigger. Then you've answered your own question. You're going to take uh, your own retirement benefit. Um, Danny, my little clock on the wall says that uh, we've only got about a minute, so I don't know if we have time to squeeze in another question. Peg, any quick takeaways for listeners with regard to markets or risk or things you want them to remember going into this week? 
Well, I think we're in a unique time right now, and it's, it is time to reflect back and look at your asset allocation and make sure that your long money that you have in the stock market is, is okay to be in the long money, and then look at your short money and seeing if you're making the most of that. Bruce? Good advice. All right, excellent. Great to hear, Bruce and Peg. And uh, here is the phone number you can uh, call any time of the week. With your financial question, one eight 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 six advice, or if you prefer, send your email questions to your money and wealth at wealthenhancement.com. See you back here next week. The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests, and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc.